Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. Amen. I want you to take your Bible this morning and turn with me, please, to the book of Matthew, chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. I'm going to try to give you a quick word this morning. Somebody told me that I, I, I held you a long time last Sunday. Uh, and I was going to apologize, but I just couldn't find it to apologize. Amen. So, so I want to talk to you this morning about something that the Lord has been dealing with me about for the past several weeks. And it's, it's concerning the press, the power of the press, the power of the press. Uh, yeah, go ahead and stand with me, please, as we honor the reading of God's Word. Somebody said, Pastor, y'all stand way too much. It's good for you. Matthew chapter 26, I want to begin reading with verse 36. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. If you underline or write in your Bible, underline that statement. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Verse 42. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand. And the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Father, thank you today for the power of your word. Now, Father, let us receive your word today with ears that are eager to hear and hearts that are hungry for your revelation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. <clears throat> the power of, of the press. The Garden of Gethsemane, the name Gethsemane literally means oil press. It means a place where, where olive uh, uh, berries or olive, the fruit of, of the olive uh, bush was brought and and it was a place of pressing, a, a pressing 
uh, and getting the, the oil out of the olive. But that's not the only kind of press. And that's not what I want to talk. I don't, I'm not going to talk to you this morning about the press. You're under pressure. Some of you are, are under pressure. You're, being, you're, you're feeling the pressure of the press. But that's not what I want to talk to you about this morning. Last week we talked about the river and, and the living waters that flowed. We talked about uh, how that the waters flowed or ushered out from under the threshold of the temple. We talked about Ezekiel 47 and how the waters came out from under the threshold of the temple and flowed out. Uh, Pastor uh, Brian uh, brought out Friday night uh, during the service how that, that the water started at the ankle. They were ankle deep, and they, then they, they got a little bit deeper, and they got to be knee deep, and then waist deep, and then it became a river uh, that you could swim in, and, and a river that was, that was uh, wide and deep. And he talked about how that, that the further it gets out, the deeper the river gets. And, but it's a river of life. But it's not something that, that we can experience just by accident. It's something that we uh, have to pursue and have to understand that God wants us to walk in that river of life. So we talked about that river and we talked about the power of, of, of walking in the life-giving waters that Jesus has. And for several weeks, God has been dealing with me over and over about uh, 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 lessons and messages that, that cause us to recognize the importance of, 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 of bearing down on the thing that God has for us and being able to, to walk and to hold on to the blessing of God. Listen, I, I love, I love uh, sermons that, that build me up and, and, and messages that get me excited and, and get me jumping and, and all of that. And I love, to, I love to dance and I love to jump and all that. And, and I enjoy that. I enjoy getting in a service, man, where I get pumped up and, and, I, and I feel like that I can literally go out and, and take hell on uh, with, a, with a, uh, a water pistol or something like that. But what, the, the more that I live and, and the older that I get, the more I understand and the closer we get to the coming of Jesus, the more I believe that it is imperative that we get the understanding of, of how to press in to the things of God. So that's what I want to talk to you about today, about pressing the power of the press, uh, to, to press in to the things of God. See, so many times we go to church and we, we hear the sermon, we, we listen to the song, and we, uh, we agree with all of those things, but yet we don't get the understanding that when I walk out of the church and I go out into the world and I get into uh, on, the, on the battlefield of life, that there comes a time that I've got to have an understanding that, that I've got to know how to press into the things of God. If God's Word said that I am forgiven, I've got to 
to know how to press into that and walk in that forgiveness. If if God says that that I am more than a conqueror, there's going to come a time in my life that I'm going to find myself in a place that I've got to press into that. I don't feel it, and it's not looking like it around me, and it's not it's not uh, everybody else is not in on it. But God said I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus, and there's going to come a time in my life that I've got to learn that I've got to press in to what God's word said. It doesn't matter what I feel and it doesn't matter how many enemies are around me. God's word said I am more than a conqueror so I've got to understand that I've got to learn to press into that. You see, so many times we're, we, we become complacent and, and we just accept what comes our way and, and we say, oh, uh, la-dee-dee, la-dee-da, that's going to happen and there's nothing that I can do about it. And, and we forget the fact that God has given us his word and his word is his covenant and his word, he said that not one jot nor tittle of my word will pass away. And what we don't understand is the devil is having a party because we don't understand how to press into the word of God. You see, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 12, Jesus said this, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and the violent take it by force. And what Jesus was saying was this, that the kingdom of heaven is that, uh, that aspect that we have, to, we have to press into it. We have, to, uh, uh, we have to sometimes fight our way into the things of God. Luke chapter 16 and verse 16 says this, The law and the prophets were until John. Since then, the good news of the kingdom of God is preached and everyone forces his way into it. Now if you've got a King James Version, the King James Version says this, everyone presses his way into it. Listen, in the, in the late 1800s, there was a man... Uh, his name was Charles Price. And I'm going, I'm already down to the end of my message because I messed up and got ahead of myself. So, but, but there, was a, there was a man uh, named Charles Price Jones in the late 1800s. He was an African-American. And God called him into the ministry and, and he, was, he was a Baptist uh, guy. And and uh, he was he was called into the ministry and began to preach and and uh, the story goes that that he got to the place in ministry that he he said, uh, God, there's got to be more to to you than what I'm experiencing. He said I, he said I'm I just don't I'm not getting. Uh, and I'm not there. There's got to be something greater uh, in relationship to you than than I've than I've experienced. And and the story uh, goes that that he read uh, the story of Jacob in the book of Genesis chapter 32. You see, if you really 
get to understand about pressing into the things of God, you'll discover that nearly every story in the Bible is about somebody that has to press through some circumstances and some trials and some struggles to get the things of God. But in the book of Genesis chapter 32 is the story of Jacob. Jacob had lied to everybody. He had deceived people. He had, he had done all kind of things, but he got down to a place to where all of his deceiving and all of his lying was now coming face to face with, his, with him. He was about to meet the very one that he had deceived and, and uh, stolen the birthright from, his brother Esau. How many of you know that pressure sometimes will cause you to turn to God like you've never turned to him before? The Bible says that Jacob was there, and I'm, I'm going to make a long story short. Jacob was there, and he found himself by himself by a brook. And the Bible says that, that he wrestled there with the angel of the Lord. What was he wrestling for? He was wrestling for the blessing of God. Because he said to God, when the angel looked at him and said, let me go because it's breaking day and I've got to go. And Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. What is that story about? That story is about a man that reached a point in his life where he recognized that there was something greater than he was experiencing. There was something more to God than what he had ever ta been taught. There was something about God that he had not yet experienced. And he got to a place in his life where he said, God, I am not going to let you go until you bless me. We know the story that God blessed him. God did a work in his life and Jacob became, became Israel, which became the nation of Israel today. The blessing of the Lord was upon his life, but it didn't come by accident. It came because there was a late night hour in a lonely place that was dark that he could not see, that he laid hold to the hand of God and he said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. I'm not going to let you go and continue on in the mess that I've always been in. I want the blessing from the Lord. I want something from God that man can't give me. And so therefore I will not let you go until you bless me. I can't help but think that there's something about God that is looking for people that will stand up and say, God, I am not going to let you go until you bless me. But we get back to Charles Price Jones. He read that story. And he read about Jacob and how Jacob stood and would not back down until he got the blessing of God. And the, and the story goes that, that Charles Price Jones uh, began to fast and pray. And he said, God, I know there's more there. Uh, and, and he began to fast and pray. And about three days into his fast, the, Bible, uh, the, the story goes that the Holy Ghost came upon Charles Price Jones. And God did a work in his life and revealed the power of of Holy Spirit into his life. He is the one that has started the Kajic Church, the church of, of God in Christ. He's the one. He was the founding father of that.
He's the one that began, uh, out of, he began the holiness movement. Out of him, the holiness movement began to be birthed because he got hungry for something from God and he pressed in. Listen, this is not a denominational thing. This is a God thing. And the reason many times that we don't experience the thing of God and we don't see the power of God move in our lives or in our situation is because we've got this mentality of a, of a tradition and, and something that man has put in our lives and we've never understood the importance of getting before God and saying, God, I am not going to quit until you bless me. I'm not going to back up until I get the blessing blessing of God over my life. But out of that the, the, out of that experience Mr. Price wrote this song and we used to sing it when I was a kid coming up and it is I would not be denied. Can I sing it for you? Thank you. It says when pangs of death Seized on my soul unto the Lord I cried till Jesus came and made me whole. I would not be denied. As Jacob in the days of old, I wrestled with the Lord and instant with a courage bold, I stood upon his word. I would not be denied. I would not be denied till Jesus came and made me whole. I would not be denied. Now listen to this. Oh, Satan said my Lord was gone and would not hear my prayer. But praise the Lord, the work is done and Christ the Lord is here. I would not be denied. I would not not be denied till Jesus came and saved my soul I would not be denied I was telling somebody the other day about my dad and I've said this before for those of you that, that are uh, uh, here all the time you've, you've heard it before but, but you're going to hear it again I remember my, my uh, dad talking about the, that when he had the heart attacks, he had three major heart attacks. And <clears throat> this was years and years ago before they ever even dreamed about open heart surgery and, and things such as that. And, and the doctors had told my, my mom that there was nothing they could do for dad and that, that he only had just a few months to live. And I remember my dad telling me of the time that, that mom would get him out of the house and put him in the back seat of the car. And he would lay down in the back of the car and she would drive him uh, to Dry Springs, Florida. Down Sister Linda's stomping grounds. And she would drive them down to, to Dry Springs, Florida, and, and the men in the church would come out, and they would help get him out of the car and help him into the church and set him down on the front pew. 
And he would get up, and they would help him to the pulpit, Brother Pat, to preach. And Dad would get up there, and he would hold on to the pulpit and begin to preach until the anointing of God would begin to move over him. And when the anointing would move, Daddy would preach and go back and forth on the stage and preach till he was soaking wet with sweat. And immediately when he got through preaching, they would have to help him back to the seat. And they would help him out to the car and put him in the back seat. And dad said, over and over, mom did that. She would haul him to church. And then he had another heart attack. And the doctor said, there's nothing we can do. And he was laying in the hospital room. And my little quiet, low-toned mama come walking through the door of the hospital room, wringing her hands and crying. And when mama began to wring her hands and cry, you better look out. She walked up to daddy, laid her hands on his chest, and prayed and Daddy said it was like a fire of lightning bolt that went through his body. God instantly healed him, and he got up. That was back when he was in his early 30s, and he was 76 years old when he left this earth. Listen, I want to tell you something. There comes a time in your life that you're going to have to press in. You can't go by what you're feeling. You can't go by what the doctors have said. You can't, you can't go by what theology tells you. You can't go by what doctrine tells you. You can't go by what your church says. You can't go by what the Sunday school teacher said or anything like that. There comes a time in your life when you have to say, God, you're either God or you're not. You're either a healer or you're not. You're either a redeemer or you're not. You're either a chain breaker or you're not. But one thing about it, I'm not going to worry about what you not are, but I'm going to worry about what you are. And I'm going to press in to what you've got for me. Listen, Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And I'm, I'm going to let you go in just a minute. Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Listen. The Bible says this, that he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, which was James and John, and, and they went a little bit farther than everybody else. And Jesus himself went farther into the garden and began to pray. It was, one of the, it was one of the most difficult times that Jesus had ever faced on this earth. Because you see, the Garden of Gethsemane is the place that prepared him for the cross. So while he was in the garden, the Bible says he prayed and he went back to his disciples and he found them asleep. And he did this three times. And in verse 41, Jesus said this, watch and pray 
that you may not enter into temptation. Notice what he said. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Jesus spoke that to his disciples. The spirit, he looked at Peter, James, and John, and he said, guys, your spirit is willing to pray. Your spirit is willing to watch and pray with me. He said, but your flesh is weak. Your spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now, if you look that word spirit up, it is the word pneuma. And the word pneuma means the soul or mind of man. So what Jesus was saying was, Peter, James, and John, your spirit, your mind is willing. Your mind is is willing to do what I'm asking you to do. Your mind is willing to to tarry with me and stay with me and pray with me. Your mind is willing. He said, but your flesh is weak. And the flesh that, if you look that word up, it is the carnal nature with its physical frailties. Hold on to me now because I'm about to teach you something. See, 99% of us that are sitting in here today, your spirit is willing to be willing to allow God to do whatever he wants to do in your life. Your spirit right now is willing to say yes I understand what pastor's talking about. And I'm going to press into it. I'm going to press into the things of God. As a, as a matter of fact, there's probably some of you that are sitting here right now that you're saying to yourself, I understand now the reason that I've not been able to get my breakthrough, but i tell you what I am going to do starting next week. I'm going to spend more time before God. I'm going to spend more time in prayer. I'm going to press into this thing. Your spirit is willing. But Jesus said your flesh is weak. The flesh being that, that carnal nature of me, that, that the frailty of my flesh. Which one won the battle? The flesh. Jesus on three occasions went to his disciples and said, Guys, I just needed you to pray. And they were asleep. So what they were willing to do in their spirit, their flesh overcame their spirit. You see, it's such a beautiful picture there because Jesus... This is good, guys. Jesus was having to press into something. Jesus was having to press through what the the flesh was saying. That's the reason he said, Father, if it be your will... 
let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. You see, the power of the press is when you get to the place where you say, it's not about me, whatever you want, Father. You see, and the beautiful picture of that is that Jesus is pressing through something. He's pressing into God and pressing through something else. And what he was trying to get the disciples to understand is that I need you to press with me. But the disciples are a picture of like us many times. It sounds good what you're saying, Pastor. But Monday, Monday's coming, and, and I've got to do this, and, and I've got to be here. I've got to, Monday's coming, Pastor. You don't, you don't understand my busy life, Pastor. Yeah, what you're saying is good, and what you're talking about is, is really awesome, but, but yet, and see, what happens is what sounded good spiritually wasn't able to press it through because of the flesh that became weak. You see, what, what God is wanting us to understand this morning is this. That many times... Many times, the most beautiful things in life are naked to the open eye. Sometimes the most beautiful things of life can't be seen by the naked eye. For example, the diamond that you ladies are wearing on your fingers is one of the most precious stones known to man. But you, you don't just walk out across the yard and say, oh, there's a diamond. Sometimes you can because somebody lost it. But no, where does a diamond come from? It comes from under the ground. It comes from a place where pressure has formed that diamond and it is mined and dug out. See, and sometimes the, 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 the great things of God, the, the beauty of the things of God are things that we have to dig out. It's things that we have to search out and discover. Listen, in Philippians chapter 3, and I'm, I'm fixing to land the plane. In Philippians chapter 3, can I tell you this right now? I believe there are people that are here this morning. And you, you have been battling situations. You've been battling things. You, you, might be, you might be battling an addiction. You might be battling other things, but you have been battling things. 
you have been struggling with issues and you felt like giving up and you felt like God doesn't care about you because it seems like the battle never gets any better. And so what I'm telling you this morning and what I want you to understand today, sir and ma'am, is that if you will get along with God, if you will get along with God and open the Word of God up and say, Holy Spirit, I'm hungry. I need something from heaven. I will not be denied. I am going to stay in this Word, and I'm going to stay the course on this journey, and I'm not going to back up, and I'm not going to back down I believe this word is for me. If you will get in a place like that and spend some time with God, I can assure you that God will radically change your life and he will move in your situation. I just had to say that, okay? Philippians chapter 3. Beginning along about verse 12. Paul was talking about, he said, not that I have already obtained this or I'm already perfect. He said, but I press on. Listen, if the apostle Paul said, I haven't got what I want yet. I haven't reached where I want to get yet. But I'm pressing on. I'm pressing on. I'm pushing toward it. I'm pressing on for it to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. He said, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind me and straining forward to what lies ahead. This is the Apostle Paul that said I had to forget the things that are behind me. And I can't help but think that Paul was talking about the day that he stood there and he held the coats of the men that were stoning Stephen to death. I can't help but think that probably Paul was talking about the times that he would bust into churches or synagogues and, and drag men and women out by the hair of the head and, and watch them as they were murdered and, and all of that and thrown into prison. And Paul said, those are things that I've had to forget about. I've had to forget those things that are behind and I'm pressing forward. I'm straining forward to what lies ahead. Verse 14, he says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. See, there's a pressing. There's a pushing. One more thing, and I'm, 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 I'm going to close. When we understand about the power of the press and the power of pushing into the things of God, all of our carnality, all of our carnal ways, and all of our fleshly tendencies will begin to drop away 
those things that, that have held us down, those things that have stopped us from getting the things of God will begin to fade away when we understand about the power of pressing into the things of God. In the book of Mark, chapter 5, is the story of the woman with the issue of blood. Sister Sandy, you guys go ahead and come. But in this story of the woman with the issue of blood, the Bible says that she had this issue for years and that she had tried many different physicians and only grew worse. But the Bible says that Jesus was in her vicinity or in her town. And she had this thought that if I can just get to Jesus, if I can just touch his garment, I know that I would be made whole. I was thinking about that. And so many times we, I think we kind of get this picture of, of this lady that just, this tenacious woman that says, you know what, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to touch him. And we see her just, just busting through and touching the hem of the garment of Jesus. But I was thinking about it the other day. And I thought about that during the time of Jesus, it was a man's world. It wasn't a woman's world. There wasn't any women's rights. It was a man's world. And so here's this woman. He said, I've got to press through the crowd to get to my miracle. And I could just see this woman as, as she was standing there and looking at this, this crowd, this multitude of men probably that were ahead of her. She could probably hear the voice of Jesus, but perhaps she couldn't see him. But there was something in her that had become so hungry and so desperate for God to move in her life that it really didn't matter 
if there was an army of soldiers that was trying to prevent her because she would give her very life if need to but she had to touch the hem of the garment of Jesus and the Bible says that she pressed through the crowd she pushed through the crowd it's another picture for us that lets us know that sometimes the greatest things that God has for us come when we push through some things. When we press through the obstacles. When we get beyond what man has said and we get beyond those that says you can't do this. And we press into the things of God. And she pressed in. She pushed in. I don't know if she said, excuse me, can I get by? I don't know if some of the men might have tried to slap her away and push her away. I don't know. But I do know this, that she had suffered many things at the hands of many physicians and that she had spent all the money she had and she was still not any better, but rather grew worse. In other words, she had tried everything society had to fix the problem, but none of it fixed the problem. And so she got to the place where I heard about Jesus. I heard about a man called Jesus that was in the city. And so I've tried everything else. I've been to every doctor. I've, I've spent all my money, but I've heard about this man called Jesus. This might be my last opportunity. I might not have another tomorrow. So I'm going to take the moment that I've got right now, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay myself to the side. I'm going to abandon my ideas and my opinions and, and all of that, and I'm going to lay it to the side, and I'm going to press through. touch Jesus you know the story she touched him oh did she touch him she touched him to the point that Jesus stopped and turned around and said who touched me and all of the people around said master a lot of people have been touching you he said, no, there was one. There was one that was pressing. There was one that was pushing. There was one that had a need that nobody else could meet, and she was pushing. Can I ask you something this morning? Do you have a faith that's pushing into the things of God? Do you have a faith that's pressing in to the things of God or have you become complacent have you just accepted the status quo and said well maybe it won't ever happen God is speaking this morning and saying it's not over yet it's not time to quit
It's not time to lay down, but it's time to get up. And it's time to begin to press and begin to push. Press and push into the things of God. Would you stand with me, please? Say, get ready to sing. I was in my office this morning and I was thinking about the message. And I thought about the song that we sing a lot here. It is well with my soul. written by Horatio Spafford. And I've always been interested in what caused people to write certain songs. Horatio Spafford was in the States and his wife and his kids were in England had four daughters and a wife her name was Anna and they were they were coming over they were on a transatlantic voyage coming across the ocean the ship that they were in was rammed by another and it sank almost immediately Horatio Spafford's wife was the only survivor of his family. His four daughters perished when the ship sank. And I was looking this morning and you can you can research, you can go and and find the the telegram that his wife Anna sent to him telling him about what had happened. I can't remember exactly, it was about two lines. But in those lines it said, I am saved, the children are gone. That was the telegram that he received. But the story goes that that he was going, he got a ship and was going over to meet his wife, Anna that was back in England. And as they passed the place where the ship had gone down, where his children had died, that is when he stood on the bow of the ship and began to pen the words, it is well with my soul. See, that's the picture of a man 
that has lost much, that has experienced unthinkable tragedy, but in the middle of that tragedy, he stands up and says, it is well with my soul. God forbid that any of us should ever have to go down that road. But I'm telling you, there's something about pressing into the things of God that God says if you'll press, if you'll push a little bit, I'm going to show you some things that you've never seen before.